He ain't come to play. Yeah, that's what he gon' say. The nation's Ooh. haters, but they gon' have their day. It's Girl, okay. Ready or not. I read the black Messiah yeah, on the way. Here I go. With this war, 
Cause they see us raising The 12 tribes up Coming out these scriptures blazing They never heard it like that It sounds so amazing Christ is a black man He ain't no Caucasian The world has been a seed Through their popular persuasion They ask me why I do it I just say it's for my nation The kingdom, the motivation Put our life on the line But our sister love them pants And we can't put down that swine We ain't got time We're on the grind With the kingdom on our mind Look at the signs Chairs flying It's about to go down And I ain't lying Imagine how they gon' feel when they find out they was wrong. Ready or not, I read the black Messiah on the way. With them swords, he ain't come to play. Yeah, that's what he gon' say. The nations hate us, but they gon' have their day. It's okay. For the verdict, this place is so perverted. Not to mention, they walk on the bones of natives that they murdered. Our history been reverted, rewritten, and then inserted in the minds of our youth. And they thinking that we deserve it. Like we supposed to be on the bottom. Teach our young men that they king. You ain't gotta say your soul for a dollar. Life is way more than who dreams. Teach our daughters that they're princess. They mold them into a queen. Be sitting in order. That's the only way to get a king. See, we tear down the enterprise. No more white men lies. You ain't gotta have their blonde hair. Straight nose and blue eyes, take pride. We was created in the image of the most high. And the nations wanna be us cause we so fly. True. I read the black Messiah on the way. With them swords, he ain't come to play. Yeah, that's what he gon' say. The nations hate us, but they gon' have their day. It's okay. I read the black Messiah yeah, on the way With them swords, he ain't come to play yeah. You can't hide Yeah, that's what he gonna oh, say The nation's haters, yeah, but they gonna have their day It's okay For you, that's way past you. You just got wait a little bit. Uh. You know that you don't even trip. Uh. You don't be stressing about how long it take it. Yeah, that's how I know you legit. Uh. I turn that frown and smile like you with fashion and style. So versatile. I'ma rain blessings on you. You just gotta wait a while. Just wait a while. Esta siempre en mi mente. Pensando en ti todo el día. Esperaré en poco tiempo. Puedes tener. Espérame, 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 espérame,
papaye yo ti mwen pa anyen yo la gem nan esclavage an ba kod yo te mare tan fou onet sauvage yo ti yo pa be jam la gem pandan mwen sou la te yo fè vin tan kon renetan yo vle m tonbe mouri olye ke mwen te sauve yo te prefere m dormi ak fè de tan an te resis pe an ba te men bon jem konen w ap sauve Está siempre en mi mente Pensando en ti todo el día Esperar en poco tiempo Puedes tener cualquier cosa si tú Espérame, espérame Esperar en poco tiempo Espérame, espérame Espérame sola esposa, dime por qué estás celosa Cuando llamando a mí llorando y vi si yo sé Están invitando a ser tus amigos y traen castigo Pero bendigo, cada vez aún prosigo Cada palabra que yo he predicho, yo hice Incluyendo algunos de tus caprichos Dime si realizas si siento todo lo que sientes Siempre y cuando me tenga en cuenta en mente Se paciente espera Está siempre en mi mente Pensando en ti todo el día Esperar y poco tiempo Puedes tener cualquier cosa si tú Espérame, espérame Esperar y poco tiempo Shut it down, shut it down. Fashion game, you got it done. Lockdown, lockdown. They trying to copy you. Hey, the way you dress, yeah, you the best thing around. Style on it, you the 
style on them, and I see you got creative with it, versatile on them. I see you killing the game, you committing crimes on them. If a hater criticize, you just got a smile on them, and I see you put a lot of energy. I know you do it for your man, ayy. Walking out of blight, you got him feeling like the man, like he got a dime piece, ayy, yeah. That's the tent, ayy. Going all out, ayy, ayy. Set the trend. If your mind ain't right, then it don't mean nothing to me. Pretty looks, but you're too vain, you a front to me. Before appearances, you gotta be succumbing to me, ayy. Actions, be clear, show something to me. Better know that, yeah, I gotta keep it real with you. If you're superficial, then a prophet can't deal with you. Deal. If you're a dragon, baby, I ain't trying to chill with you. Chill. From the start, yeah, I gotta keep it real with you. What? Meditate there upon my mind, theater. 
Hands press both of his shine. China. Man terrible in our time. time. Dream team in our time. For what? Meditate upon my mind. Pants press both of his shine. China. Man terrible in our time. time. Dream team. Say them have one like the real bad man. No, them don't know about the real gun man. Gotta kill man from night till no long. Wall out me as over my did on garden. So that goes swing from the left and from the right. Then I drop and I dead like fly Blood fall like rain from sky Poor George, man, who won't try? Rapids can dead like blood, not shed That dead they said, son, fit, can't fret One's first, no bless, just soldiers on vets Gas, that's one vet, he don't pay dead Yeah, the general full of war tactics Gold inside them, no come plastic Meditate, Pantera, man, it's fantastic Man, flex in a war like gymnastics It's a war time, it's a war Meditate, tear up on my mind, theater Pants press both of his shine. China. Man terrible in our time. Dream team in our time. For what? Meditate tear up on my mind. Pants press both of his shine. China. Man terrible in our time. Dream team. Man ready long time. Pretty warm me walk up. Like a black, me circle them up Every bone in a them body, the saints I break up Like Samson, keep up and eat them pile up From a war, this a action place Two heads, what boy life did waste Body stand stiff, when marrow misplaced Man up, for the killing me, no up time to waste No chasing shot to them face like liquor Like Cersei, everybody knows me bitter Saints I go eat them food like Snickers Brother Iron, bring them to shivers Energy, me not beg my friend Full fire, let them life go in They rather the iron and a design feed in From a war time, in a bluff not pretend For war time, for war Meditate, tear up on my mind Theater. Pants press both of his shine China. Man terrible, in a war time. war time Dream team, in a war time For war Meditate, tear up on my mind Theater. Pants press both of his shine China. Man terrible, in a war time, war time. Dream team
Listening to the Forefront Radio, where we discuss history, the Bible, the history of the Israelites, science, and other matters. Bring it out. The history of the blacks, Hispanics, and Native Americans as it relates to the Bible. Who were you prior to slavery? Who were you prior to colonization? These answers and more can be seen and heard as you listen to the Forefront Radio. Welcome to the Forefront Radio, where the truth does not fear investigation. I am your host, Afiel Levi Israel, and at this time, we have Dr. Giselle Miller. Dr. Giselle, welcome, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing excellent, excellent. I want to tell you, I appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to uh, interview with me and kind of have a a quick discussion and everything. Um, So if you would, Dr. Giselle, tell us about yourself. Um, Tell us about your book and everything, and I look forward to the conversation. Okay. Well, it's my pleasure to be here, and I'm thankful for the opportunity to speak with you. I am an island girl. I'm from the Eastern Caribbean. Um, St. Vincent and the Grenadines to be exact. I know most persons probably don't know where that is, but if you have ever gotten to Barbados, what I'll say, a flight of 30 minutes will get you to St. Vincent. I am a psychologist by profession as well as a certified resilience life coach and it is basically my aim to help as many persons as possible live the best version of their lives to accomplish 
all that they have set before them and to understand that the only limitation exists within themselves. I usually bring a trifactor approach to whatever I do, meaning that I have the psychology, the coaching, as well as my faith, because I'm a Christian, and I strongly believe that everything, as a matter of fact, is grounded pretty much in your faith and your belief system, and I tend to urge persons to take the time to get to know who you are, get to understand your values, get to understand your beliefs. And from there, you're going to be able to build a life that you really want. And it allows you to be your authentic self. Recently, I wrote my second book, Unstuck, Creating Your Bounce Back Effect. And the reason why I chose to write a book surrounding not only resilience but post-traumatic growth is that I wanted persons to understand that even though we encounter different challenges in life that the story would not end there unless you allow it to end. You can still pick yourself up, you can still brush yourself off and it is not just bouncing back into what existed before but now it is bouncing back on a better footing having learned um, the lessons from whatever you would have encountered, be it a divorce, the loss of a loved one, bankruptcy, um, diagnosis of a chronic illness, betrayal, whatever it is, you can still bounce back from that and be able to not just survive, but to thrive. And I'm very happy that within hours of you know virtually releasing that book, that I made it onto the Amazon bestsellers list. And, you know, since then, persons who have had the opportunity to read the book, they have given some really interesting reviews. And, you know, persons ask, is it just for females? No. There are males as well who would have read the book that felt that they connected with different elements of it because I used my own life story. I think often persons read books and there is a disconnect because you're hearing something that seems very abstract or very theoretical. But when you have somebody's life experience being explained and I give the steps in terms of what I use, to bounce back from certain things and persons were able to identify with it and apply it to their own lives as well. Wow, phenomenal. Tell us the title of the book once again so that I'm looking on Amazon can look for it. Unstuck, creating your bounce back effect. Unstuck, creating your bounce back effect. Love it. I love the title, by the way. Um, oh, so since you. you were talking about the... Um, uh, life experiences, what was your motivations for writing the book? So as a psychologist, I within my, my clinic, a lot of persons would have, you know, come to me at different points. And one of the, the common trends of what they would have said to me is that I feel stuck. I feel literally like I don't know what my next move is. I don't know how to get past this particular situation. And, you know, from helping persons within the clinic situation and even through coaching, I decided, you know what, let's 
put my own experience out there so that persons can actually have something to hold on to physically as their own guide or manuscript, if you want to call it that. So that was my driving force, really. And also, it has always been a life goal of mine to become an author. And I wrote a book prior to this one, but um, this one, I think, went way deeper into my own experience and my testimony. So I'm very happy about this one. The first one that I did was a book of affirmations, and it was basically geared towards helping um, persons with self-esteem issues, persons who um, struggle a lot with negative thoughts to use affirmations as a way of setting their their mental process right, you know, especially if you do it early in the morning, that it helps you to get your day off to a good start. Definitely. That's that's amazing that you have a, a book of positive affirmations. A lot of people suffer from self-esteem issues mental hang-ups so that's a really good option to have and then having a book where you speak about your personal experience i think that's probably why it was a bestseller because people could relate to it um yes yeah and, and i'm glad you took an approach to that even though some people are reluctant to share um their life experiences um share that without information and and a lot of people could relate to your book and and that's to me amazing um, having the motivation to put your life in here and put yourself on the line, it, it takes a lot of strength. <laughs> yeah, it's not easy being vulnerable. Um, and, you know, even as you speak about some of the things you endured, you know, I mean, writing that book for me was somewhat emotional because, you know, I spoke about the fact that I'm divorced. I lost both my parents and... I had a very, very close relationship with my mom. So even as I was putting that down on paper, it really, you know, drew up my heart strings all over again. But it was also quite healing process that even as you talk about it and you wrote about it, you know, you know, it, it helps with the healing. It helps to, to give you a different perspective. Do you feel like the book was somewhat of an autobiography as well as a, a kind of personal memoir as well? Uh, yeah, to some extent, yeah. Share. Sorry, I didn't hear you. I was saying share, share the reasons why you felt it, as though it was like a personal autobiography. Well, the thing is, um, a lot of persons do not know or did not at that point know a lot about um, the personal things that concerns my life. I help a lot of persons. I interact on a lot of different um, levels or platforms with different people. So it was now pretty much opening myself totally like being totally transparent and I think 
persons now were able to say, you know, Dr. Miller, you're pretty much human. <laughs> you know, like sometimes I get persons saying to me, like, how do you do all of what, all of the different things you do? You don't seem as if you're human. You must be a robot or something. So now persons are able to identify like, oh, wow, she got her heart broken as well. You know, like she went through that. Some some guy actually did leave her in her marriage and all of that stuff or oh, she lost her parents to cancer so you know it it was really connecting the dots of who I am and and allowing myself to just simply be open to the public and you know hope and pray for the best that person don't take it and you know sometimes when you're very open people can then try to use your story against you as opposed to see it as an inspiration right i agree wholeheartedly with that and and i'm so glad that i encountered you because in my own personal life i'm dealing with trials and i can i can definitely relate to your premise and, and what you wrote and, and things of that nature. And when I get the opportunity, I'm actually going to buy your book as well. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, if you would, explain your studies as far as a clinical psychologist at the University of Birmingham in the UK. Um, what inspired you to become a psychologist? If I tell you that I think psychology chose me as opposed to the other way around <laughs> you might not understand but I, I always tell persons that I think it was a divine placement from a child I had the inclination towards listening to persons and trying my best to go the extra mile to make sure people are okay I like taking care of others and psychology just seemed to be a natural fit um, I am always curious about human behavior. I, I like trying to figure out why did you do that as opposed to something else. I like to figure out person's emotional state and how the, the mental processes affect your physical, um, your physical body. So that mind-body connection, the emotional space, all of these things, you know, always sparked a level of curiosity within me and I I decided you know what let's go let's do this because again I I, I thought that if I am doing it might as well that I, I get the formal training to do it well mm -hmm. so I went to the University of the West Indies in Jamaica and I did up to my master's level there and I specialize in clinical health psychology, which is somewhat different to clinical psychology because clinical psychology in itself focuses mostly on mental illness and mental disorders. Okay. So I did the first aspect in terms of the mental disorders. I did that general training in applied psychology, but then I specialized in health because I I felt there's a need for that in the Caribbean that persons take a lot of chronic illnesses for granted in the sense that persons do not or did not at that point realize the connection between stress and your mental processes and how it's important for you to have the right coping strategies if you want to live longer, if you want to be healthy, um, getting persons to understand the 
construct of wellness as opposed to always responding in a reactive way towards um, illnesses. So most mm -hmm. times persons gravitate towards um, curing as opposed to prevention. And I, I really enjoy the, the aspects of health psychology that focus on helping persons understand holistic wellness because there's so many different compartments to who you are. And if there's a deficit in any area, it can then trigger, um, you know, maladaptive behaviors in other areas. So that was my, my guiding force. And I went to the University of Birmingham. Um, I did a PhD there. And, you know, my PhD paper, my thesis was actually on looking at HIV and the transmission of HIV in the context of a loving relationship. So it was actually um, titled, When Love Becomes Dangerous, looking at the constructs of the correlation of trust and exposure to HIV transmission. <laughs> because the thing is, a lot of persons thought that persons contracted HIV from casual sexual encounters. So you're just being wild or promiscuous. Mm -hmm. But in St. Vincent, what we discovered, you know, is that persons who were exposed to HIV were actually exposed within long-term committed relationships. So you get to the point where you say that I love this person, we are in a relationship or we are married and I trust this person. So the protection goes out the door. Mm -hmm. And that's where persons now, you know, mess up. That one partner probably was unfaithful or whatever the case is, and they brought the HIV into that equation. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting because we, we fail to realize, yeah, that's another transmission technique because a lot of times people think of either homosexuality yeah. or um you know, a promiscuous lifestyle, but we never really talk about the monogamous relationships where infidelity is involved. And I think there was a movie that um, came out by Tyler Perry that talked about that. Um, yeah, they, I think you so. Remember that movie? I think it was called Temptation or something like that. Yes, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, so that's, yeah. wow, wow. That's interesting that you say that. Um, wow. And the, I think one of the other things that persons take for granted is that there is such a thing as serial monogamy. And when you look at serial monogamy in the truest sense of what it is, it can all almost mimic or resemble promiscuity. <laughs> so we look at the amount of partners that someone may have within a year, for instance. Mm -hmm. And you might find that someone has six partners in a year. Mm -hmm. And you will think like, oh, wow, you know, that person got around. But when you look deeper, you realize that it's a case where it wasn't just a casual encounter, but they broke up and some persons have a problem with singleness. So they move on very fast into another relationship. So these relationships sometimes can be very short term, like two months, three months, or, you know, whatever. But mm -hmm. in their minds, I'm not sleeping around because this is my partner. This is someone I'm committed to right here, right now. So that's serial mm -hmm. monogamy. Wow. Yeah, I never thought of that. <laughs> <laughs>
Serial yeah. monogamy. Wow. That is going to be another topic of conversation for another radio show. I would love to talk <laughs> about that. Serial monogamy. That, wow. That's a good topic. Um, you mentioned earlier about um, stress and coping. For those that aren't familiar with that, could you define what is stress and what is coping? So when we think of stress, and I think one of the, the, the sad realities is that a lot of times people use that term so flippantly, like I'm stressed, everybody's stressed. But when we think of stress in the clinical sense, in the real sense, it is understanding that you're thinking as an individual that the resources that you have are not matching or in sync with the requirements. So in that present moment, you have a lot of demand on you, but you don't feel or you do not feel it in that moment that you have the resources to respond in a positive way. And that in itself can allow the person to feel a sense of anxiety, um, emotional and physical tension because when someone is stressed out they carry a lot of stress in their bodies so we have the the nagging pains probably um in the back of your shoulder going upwards towards your neck persons um complain about lower back pain um headaches chest tightness all of that could be as a direct um reflection of stress in the body mm -hmm. and when we think in terms of how you cope with stress you have to start looking now to identify what the triggers are what is triggering your stress and the first thing is to separate yourself from the trigger also it's important to identify what's what is your stress response and i think that is one of the the areas that persons uh, are not very um sufficiently aware of so that you are not knowledgeable of what stress looks like in your body and mm -hmm. especially with men you overlook the symptoms you play it off to be something else and it builds it builds it builds over time and then it can have more of an eruptive um, experience in the end so first, you want to identify what the triggers are, be aware of what it does to you physically so that you can know how to respond accordingly. Um, taking care of the holistic person. So you want to look at all of the different compartments of the individual. And you can break that down simply by looking at the different areas of your life. Identifying what are those negative things that you probably would need to change. And I tell persons one of the easiest ways to deal with your stress is to learn the simple word N O NO. I think partly too often we are so busy all the time, always on the go, and we we shy away from telling persons no, I cannot. No, mm -hmm. and even say no to yourself because sometimes, you know, your mind is telling you, oh, go and do that extra thing. You have, you have, you have the energy, do it. And you need to tell yourself, no, I'm going to sit and I'm going to rest. Right. Okay. And I always tell persons, self-care is about self-preservation. Mm -hmm. self-care is preserving yourself because at the end of the day you have to love you and you have to take care of you just like when you're on the air airplane if they say in the event of an emergency put your mask on first if you can't take care of you 
then you will not be adequately able to take care of anyone else. Right. Um, you also want to eat right. You want to get adequate rest. Avoid things like drugs and alcohol. Um, know how to take breaks. And you recognize when you need help. When within yourself, you have been trying different things, but it's not working out well, then seek professional help. Know at that point that, you know, you need to probably bring in somebody who's trained to see beyond what you're seeing or who may understand things in a different way to, to guide your, your healing process. Amazing. Thank you. Um, you mentioned uh, drugs and alcohol, and I find that kind of relates to the coping of trying to self-soothe yourself with uh, alcoholic drinks or cigarettes or you know recreational drugs mm -hmm. um how do you assist people in in overcoming that coping mechanism well the first thing is to let persons understand that it is a futile method meaning that it's basically works in that moment to um, appease you to make you feel better and that feeling better is probably even a false consciousness because it's not real you drink you pass out or you smoke the marijuana um, you get a good feeling in that moment but then you're going to plummet because as soon as the substance um, goes out of your system the issue is still there so what mm -hmm. we want to do is to try now to channel your energy in such a way that it is not about um, masking or putting a band-aid over what exists, but it is now getting in there and um, gutting it, mm -hmm. facing the reality or confronting what exists. It may be painful, it may be scary, but still it is something that has to be done if you want to get better. Um, alcohol and any substance, it takes a toll on the body and it becomes counterproductive. So in the end, you end up with um, medical challenges that adds to the, the initial stress that you had in the first place. And, you know, you're basically, as we say in the Caribbean, you're spinning top in mud. So you're just going around in circles, but there's absolutely no benefit to what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Wow, good answer. Thank you for providing that answer. In your book, you uh, talk about the art of bouncing back, bouncing back from trials and different things of that nature. If you would, touch on the aspect of bouncing back from uh, divorce, bouncing back from trials in your life, bouncing back from the sickness of a loved one, um, and all these other things. What did you do to bounce back? So which of them should I take first? So all of either, them club as one. <laughs> I know it was I know it was a loaded question, sorry. <laughs> um, um, yeah, I would say firstly I, I think um with the divorce, I have to face the reality that at the end of the day, there is no argument with one person. So you have to take responsibility for even things that you may have done. Um, in the grand scheme of things. Yes, someone cheated. Yes, someone um, broke the trust and betrayal of the marriage, of the marital vows. But you still have to also look at answering the question as to why. Now, in some instances, um, 
there may not be a justifiable reason, but you still have to look within yourself to see what could I have done differently? Because at the end of the day, resilience is about bouncing back and we tend to go back to where we, we were or where we ended. But growth means that even as you look back, even as you look back, you have to now figure out how to make, um, take different steps or make different decisions as you go forward. Okay, because if you don't take the time to actually process what you endured um, before, it is likely that you're going to end up doing the same things over again in another relationship. So the first thing I had to do was to confront myself in terms of taking responsibility for what I did. What may have been a contributing um, factor? Um, did I probably act in an arrogant way. I don't know, you know, like, you know, I, I, I had to be constantly going over certain things and there was some things that I, I realized that perhaps in some instances I should have backed off in the sense that here am I realizing that my, my husband is cheating, he's doing whatever. And I remember one conversation we had and he said to me, I need some space. I need space to process. And for me, I was like, what do you mean you need space? You don't take space from a marriage, you know? And I pushed and I pushed and I pushed. And possibly that could have been the breaking point or his deciding factor to say, I can't do this anymore, so I'm done. I'm, I'm just going to leave. I don't know. Um, one of the other things that I was also mindful of is that I lost myself in the process. So as a female, and I think, you know, throughout my years, I've always been a very strong person in that I, I know what I want and I, I stand my ground in that regard. And I found myself in places searching to see where he's at, who he's with, um, being totally, um, what should I say, shaken in my self-esteem. Mm -hmm. My self-confidence was shattered. I was second-guessing myself. So I had to really take stock of all of that to start rebuilding myself, to start reminding me that I'm enough. Because that's one of the things, a broken relationship places you in a position of second-guessing your worth and your value because we tend to think that because this didn't work that you have been devalued and that's not right. Right. You know, that, that's not an accurate representation of what happened because at the end of the day, even if, let's, let's just use a trivial example, that I might see a Lamborghini and I'll be like, oh, wow, that's really nice. And you might look at it and say, well, oh, no, I don't like it. It doesn't devalue the Lamborghini. It's just that you, your preference or your taste is not in relation to that. You want something else. Okay? And that is something that I had to reboot myself, you know, press that reset button and say, you know what, you are enough. Mm. You still have value there you have potential you have possibilities and this is a bump in the road but it your story does not end here that was the precursor 
for me dealing with the death of my parents mm -hmm. because it was roughly um, less than a year after the divorce that my mom took ill and within eight months of her diagnosis she died wow so and and that to me was more earth shattering than the divorce in itself right because for me my life totally changed and that's what um challenges and disappointments and hurts it actually changes you it leaves a scar it leaves a mark and mm -hmm. We have to be very um, committed to make sure that the way we come out is not bitter, but better. And I'll mm -hmm. tell you this, and I brought this out in my book as well, is that when my mom died, I went into a very dark place because I questioned God. I questioned for the first time ever in my life the presence of God and what he represented to me all my life because I grew up as a pastor's kid. I grew up in church. I grew up having strong faith and understanding that with prayer, God does stuff. He works. I, you know, there are miracles and I, I, I have that strong belief system. And here am I now waiting for him to act on my behalf to save my mom. And it didn't happen. And I remember I was so angry that I couldn't pray. I didn't want to go to church. I didn't want to be around people. And one of the things that person said to me that really um, rubbed me the wrong way was be strong. Because for me, you're telling me to be strong, but you don't know what I'm going through. You, you, you don't know what it feels to lose your mom. Right. So what, what, what does be strong even mean? You know, and for me now, even as a psychologist or a coach, when persons are grieving, when they're going through stuff, those words never come from my mouth. Mm -hmm. Because be strong sometimes comes over to the person who is going through it as you're trivializing their pain. Mm -hmm. That you're saying that it's time for you to pull yourself together. It's time for you to get over this and move on. And who has that right to tell anyone to do that? Right. No one, because it's a process. You have to go through it for yourself mm -hmm. and you would know when, you know, that healing has taken place. So I was in a dark place and I remember sitting one day on my job and for some reason, I don't know, I went to YouTube and there was a sermon by T.D. Jakes when God says no. And I think the title captivated me, so I, I pressed it. And the essence of his sermon was saying that you have prayed and God's answer is not what you wanted. So your loved one died. You didn't get the job. You didn't, you know, so all the things people usually pray for. And he's saying, God said no. Then what? And he reminded me from a scripture that says, what can separate you from the love of God? Mm -hmm. and that resonated strongly with me in that moment it was almost as if a light bulb went on and everything changed in that moment I felt a peace and it wasn't just simply a quick fix because I still had my moments of sadness but mm -hmm. a smile came through every now and again and step by step I started moving on and you know it became somewhat easier. And then before you know it, um, you know, we, we had our stride back again. 
And then my dad, five years after, he passed away, you know. So it, it was like from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next. Right. And before you can even get your foot in, sometimes you feel like the earth is shaking all over again. But I just had to put things in perspective. I was committed and deliberate about rising up again and understanding that whatever the Lord allows, he allows for a reason. Mm -hmm. And I ask him to open my eyes to see what I have missed. Show me what I can learn from this. Show me how I can be better. And not just be better for myself, but have a testimony or something to share with someone else to help them navigate um, similar challenges. Wow, amazing. And I'm glad that you're able to bounce back and you're still bouncing back. Um, tell me about the importance of positive energy and positive thoughts. Um, um, you mentioned the Bible earlier. It, it's kind of like uh, that verse that says, death and life is in the power of the tongue. And those that love it will eat the fruit thereof. Tell me about the importance of positive energy. Yeah. Positive thoughts. Like, as a man thinketh, so is he. And whatever we fuel our minds with, it, it is going to determine the behavior. It's going to determine the action. So we start with the mental process. And it manifests in what we say, it manifests in what we do. Our behavior, our speech then defines our character and your character now dictates the rest of your life. So it's very important for, for each and every individual to be aware of the thoughts that come in and out of your mind. And don't take anything for granted because you know what? Once your senses are activated, you're taking in information. Everything comes in through the, through the eyes, through your, your, your ears, what we see, what we hear, what we hear, what we taste, what we smell, resonates and creates a message. This is then imprinted in your brain. And it is what we call cognitive schemas. Mm -hmm. So what happens there now is that anytime anything happens, it goes back to your frame of reference. Your, your cognitive schemas become alerted to tell you, oh, you've been here before. So that's why we have this thing where we feel like deja vu. This feels familiar. So that our frame of reference has been activated. Now, if your frame of reference started from a point of neglect and rejection and hurt and pain, your cognitive schemas would always have that negative imprint. So that person will find it difficult to be optimistic. The person's going to find it difficult to be able to see silver linings or to see how they, they can see opportunities or solutions. All they're going to see are going to be problems. Mm -hmm. But when you have a positive mindset that says that you are like you're enough, that you use affirmations, that you remind yourself of all the good things within you, that you, you surround yourself with persons who speak life as well because the people that you surround yourself with also has an impact and will tell you your destiny, tell you how far you're going to get. Um, when you 
make sure even the things you listen to in terms of music and movies and books that you read all of these things have to be resonating strongly the type of life that you want for yourself because if you're saying that you want to be at peace and contented and all of that but everything that you're surrounding yourself with is countering that and you know conflicting that message then you're always going to be in a state of incongruence and that is going to create the internal anxieties internal conflicts and the pretense because now persons will be pretending to be something that they're not so you want now to have an authentic space that you're true to who you are and a lot of it depends on what you feed yourself um I remember reading once uh, a meme, I think it was, that spoke about a farmer was teaching his son that within each and every one of us, there are two wolves. One that is negative and evil and would do everything to destroy you. And the other one that spoke of peace and love and joy and happiness. So the son asked the father, okay, so which is stronger or which, which would be the better one or the bigger one or something like that? And the father says, the one you feed. So it, 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 it says, therefore, that you have to be careful to feed your mind with things that would allow the positive wolf to grow within you as opposed to the negative one. That's heavy. That's really heavy. And and it reminds me of um, sayings that I've heard in regards to not giving your mind over to heaviness, always being full of good cheer and loving your own soul, loving yourself, loving your um, mental yeah. well-being, your physical mental well-being, you know, eating healthy. Everything you touched on has some spiritual significance to it. So I find that amazing. And the thing is, it's not always easy. There are going to be days you're going to wake up and you're just going to feel like, oh, yo, I just can't do today. Today, I'm not the one. Today's not the day. But you know, when you have a good support system, that even when you don't feel like you're beautiful, you don't feel like you're strong, the people around you should be able to offer that compliment. So when you feel weak, they're there to boost you up. But too often what happens is that, especially very strong, independent people, you tend to be the one to pour out all the time. So you're pouring into people constantly. But then, you know, when you need someone to pour into you, oftentimes no one is there. And it is not that probably persons don't want to be, but sometimes we don't allow persons to be. You know, we, we always tend to hold things together in such a way that people think you're always good. It's okay to show your vulnerability. It's okay to sometimes say that I don't have it all together today. I need help. You know, and that is not a sign of weakness, but it's a sign of actual strength. I always say that when somebody can say I need help, that shows how strong they are. Mm. That's heavy. <laughs> That's heavy. <laughs> That's definitely yeah. heavy.
and it's it's not easy for those, especially for men, to share their thoughts of what they're going through. Men have a tendency to internalize and hold on to things. So I appreciate that you sharing that. So the men or women that are listening to this show, they can understand the importance of not feeling ashamed to open up, not feeling ashamed to seek the help that yeah. they need when it comes to it. Thank I you think so, part so of the, much. Will. No problem. Uh, I think part of the problem with, with why men tend to clam up as well is that, and it's probably an indictment against us as females that too often when a man becomes vulnerable and shares certain things, whatever he shares becomes a weapon. So, you know, sometimes when females get very angry, you know, a lot of the personal stuff that you know, was shared in that intimate moment sometimes become a weapon against that guy. And that's all that, that is definitely true. <laughs> that you know, is true. so, you know, they, they, people tend to throw things back at you and that should never happen. It's unfortunate, but you have to gauge who you trust and who you share information with. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, For sure. I appreciate you sharing that, Dr. Giselle Miller. Author, clinical psychologist, Amazon bestseller. What are, what other titles you got by your name, sis? <laughs> um, coach, <laughs> life coach. Mm-hmm. I am a lecturer. I lecture at a medical college here. Um, I am the founder of the Scotch Cancer Support Foundation. So after my mom died, I started a foundation to help other cancer patients to seek help outside of St. Vincent because sometimes we can be extremely limited in the treatments that we have here. Um, what else do I do? I'm a family person, so I have a, a, a nephew that I love dearly. He's like my, my own son. Um, I'm a dancer. I love to dance. <laughs> what else you know there's so many different things at different points yeah but I, I just live life and take things as they come and make the most of every situation and I you know I would want persons you know to go over to my, my page there are two pages Renewed Resilience Life Coaching with Dr. Miller on Facebook and that's my coaching page but the Valeo experience is my psychological consultancy page. And you can find me on um, Facebook, the Valeo experience. I do daily tips every morning to help persons start their day off well. And I'm on Instagram as well as um, Renewed Resilience Coach and um, Valeo SVG on Instagram. Yeah. Okay, so the Vallejo experience, that's V-A-L-E-O experience. Yes. Um, make sure you look into that online on Facebook as well as Instagram. Um, we appreciate you uh, coming in on the show, Dr. Giselle Miller. Um, do you have any uh, email contacts or a way that they can get in touch with you, or would you prefer Facebook or Instagram? Okay, so my email, they can get me at the Valeo experience at gmail.com or Giselle Miller at gmail.com or bounce back resilience coach 
at gmail.com as well. <laughs> so I think the easiest ones would be probably my name, just Miller at gmail.com or the value experience at gmail. Yes. Awesome. Phenomenal. So we have on the show today, Dr. Giselle Miller, um, author, clinical psychologist, as well as life coach, very, very, very important woman out in the uh, Western Indies area and has international outreach. Just, I love the opportunity to speak to you in regards to your experience, your book, and what you have to share with the world. Um, we're going to talk some more maybe offline to uh, kind of get into more topics, but I would love to have an opportunity, Dr. Giselle, to um, maybe start a clubhouse where we uh, talk about different topics, have people come in and ask questions, and you could kind of give them some general advice on how they can um, kind of cope with life experiences and, and remain positive and bounce back from their trials and, and what they deal with. So I appreciate you so, so much in joining us um, on the Forefront Radio, and I look forward to having future conversations with you about various topics. Most definitely. Thank you so much. It was an honor. Thank you. All right. We're going to close out here and then we'll be back with uh, some music to listen to. Thank you for listening to the Forefront Radio. I'm your host, Afiel Levi Israel, where the truth does not fear investigation. Lost as a nation with ears, my nationality. I'm black as a shadow, but still can't overshadow me. My people forgot. They forgot how everything started. They took us apart. Just to put us in apartments They threw us in the ghetto Like everything good They treated us like Andrews They threw us in the hood America is white It ain't right here And Martin Luther King's dream was a night Young, dumb, black boys Strapped with guns Oh no, this can't be good Prostitution, abortion Guns, drugs, and violence All out through my neighborhood Curse in the city, curse in the field No other nation knows how it feels Knows how it feels To be is
I tell them the truth. I do it for my people, gotta represent. And everything else is irrelevant. I'm putting on the whole armor of God. And now I'm in charge like a phone that's on 1%. Came around a boat, but I'm leaving in a spaceship. A black man ruling this world is outrageous. All we know for dancing and singing on stages. My sisters are still shaking what their mama gave them. Damn. And I need a checker, that's something I can't stand. A prophet always gotta take the matters in his hand. David told King Solomon how to walk like a man. So that's my plans. And came in this world as a prophet. Lit it in. I know that some people tell me to stop it. Doing what I'm supposed to. I be prophesying. They say don't believe him. That nigga be lying. And you know a prophet's always hated in his hometown. They don't wanna listen when I say this place is going down. Doing what I'm supposed to. I be prophesying. They say don't believe him. That nigga be lying. I tell the truth. The truth. Let me bring you in like the inner sign. We can keep it moving like it's enterprise. The truth be on the corner like them boys that spin them signs. Add not to what's after nine. And you see it's nothing. World cup both ways, a stab to the stomach. The day cometh when the earth will burn as an oven. Filet mignon, my faith too strong. To live forever, boy, would be a great coupon. I'm standing on your block with my camp boots on. Not a sign of disrespect, but a silver lining. Gorilla back. And we still intact, let them know the real is back Jeremiah, Ezekiel You will feel alive when I speak to you Every scripture is like a slice The word of God can really get a piece of you Came in this world as a prophet Lit it in, I know that some people tell me to stop it Doing what I'm supposed to, I be prophesying They say don't believe him, that nigga be lying And you know a prophet's always hated in his hometown They don't wanna listen when I say this place is going down don't believe him, that nigga be lying. I tell the truth. The truth, the truth, the truth. Yeah, wartime, tell them blow the trumpet until God hear it No fear in my spirit, in close and we getting near it We've been here for a minute, I'm still trying to comprehend it I think we better off home like sports competition Soon as we touch down, this is celebration Call it fourth and inches, we built up more tension From years of miseducation, having our lives taken They must have had it mistaken, it's the great awakening Came in fully submitted, completed application You make bread to feed yourself, we bread to feed the nation Profits on the block, look how we sweep the streets You see more clicks at the corner than on computer screens Austere, yeah, we all here Twelve back like the cops came here harassing again Punching back for all the hits that we done took on the chin I'm done explaining, done talking, bring the hook in again, yeah Came in this world as a prophet Lit it in, I know that some people tell me to stop it Doing what I'm supposed to, I be prophesying They say don't believe him, that nigga be lying And you know a prophet's always hated in his hometown They don't wanna listen when I tell this place is going down Doing what I'm supposed to, I be prophesying They say don't believe him, that nigga be lying. I tell the truth. 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 The 
Thank you for listening to the Forefront Radio. We now have a cash app. The link is in the description of the page here on anchor.fm, also on Spotify. We appreciate you listening in. We do have a few features that we are including now. We are selling a few products such as watches, perfumes, colognes, and other uh, products will be available for our Israelite community as well as the general community of the population. We have a Facebook page. Just type in The Forefront Media and you'll be able to get updates of uh, various shows that we drop when they do drop. Um, Please do share this show if you like the show and we do hope that you do love this show. And uh, tune in for more uh, episodes once we have them available. Thank you for listening to The Forefront. I'm your host, Afiel Levi Israel.